Welcome to Locked On NBA. On today's show, the NBA tips off tonight. We preview the opening slate of games. Plus, Ben Simmons is practicing in Philadelphia. James Harden is set to become a free agent. And the Suns are taking a risk. That's all coming up next. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Vermill. However you may be listening, YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get podcasts, thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Got a great show for you today. We'll talk about if Phoenix is screwing things up by not extending DeAndre Ayton and then look at James Harden's potential free agency decision next summer before previewing tonight's opening slate. But we begin today in Philadelphia, where Ben Simmons' immediate future is the biggest question heading into the NBA season. Since breaking his holdout and returning to the team, Simmons practiced with the 76ers on Monday, but his status for Wednesday's opener in New Orleans is still up in the air, with Doc Rivers telling reporters that he's monitoring Simmons' conditioning and ability to pick up the team's new concepts. Where does this new update leave the Sixers and Simmons, David? I have no idea. I can't take anything Doc says at this point seriously. Like, now they're welcoming back. We always wanted him here. We never wanted him to be off the team, even after we threw him up the, the bus and backed it up and ran it over him again. I, I don't how how can we possibly infer anything from this? So to me, it's a no brainer. He has to play right. I, I, there's just too much at risk here for this team and this season where they have to be a title contender. And Simmons gives them the best chance of doing so for all of his faults. There's many more positives and what he brings to the table for this team helps them achieve what they're looking to do, which is contend for a title. I mean, Joel Embiid is a fantastic player, MVP-level candidate, etc. They've got a pretty decent roster built around him. But they need Ben Simmons and what he can do, and he gives them the best chance of success, and so they have to play him. They can't afford to keep playing chicken with him and seeing whether or not he bites or, or whatever. It's just he's on this team now. You accepted him back. You didn't pull the trigger or any trade. Now you have to play him or else you just wind up looking extremely stupid because you've got an all NBA level player sitting right there gathering dust for no absolute reason. Yeah, I understand the idea for a player like coming back from an injury or an extended holdout being like, okay, we got to make sure he's in playing shape so that we protect him, you know, from a a physical standpoint, right? You don't want a player to get injured if they're not in shape, the, the, the risk for injury increases, but that's not the case with Ben Simmons. From what we understand, the reporting around this is that he's been, he was staying in shape in LA this entire time. Um, you can look at his Instagram. He's posting, you know, he's posting a bunch of workouts over the summer and stuff like that. Shooting I mean, it, shooting the ball, shooting the ball. Yeah. And not in totally non-edited clips, by the way, just a complete sample of what was going on. Um, but, I, and then this idea that, oh yeah, Dr. Rose, yeah, he's got to pick up on some of our new concepts and stuff. It did he did mention that Ben Simmons, if anybody is going to pick on, pick up on that stuff quickly, but I'm just going to go out on a limb, David, and say, whatever the new stuff that Doc Rivers is implementing is not going to be all that complicated. Right. Like Doc Rivers is not somebody who runs a, an extremely sophisticated offense out there. It hasn't in the past. I can't expect that he's going to suddenly introduce some new wrinkles at Ben Simmons. It's like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Um, so I don't think any of this is going to be an issue. I think Doc Rivers is just playing it safe because he doesn't know, like you and I, what's going to happen next in this entire situation. And he's probably just like, yeah, we'll see. Come Wednesday, Ben Simmons will probably be in the lineup. I would be really surprised if he was not playing against the Pelicans in that game. Right. The bigger question is, what does he look like? Because now you see all this stuff like, oh, it's in Ben Simmons' best interest to go out and play and play well and increase his trade value. Look, I, I don't really understand that logic. Like, I, 
I understand that Ben Simmons has to play for money, but let's not pretend that he's all of a sudden trying to create leverage in this situation either. First of all, I don't know that Ben Simmons is going to play any better than he did in the playoffs. Like this is somebody who is sort of mentally and emotionally broken at that point. And, you know, not to play psychoanalysis here, but like he was like, he's passing up wide open layups and kicking out for, for passes and stuff. Like he was, something was going on mentally there. And I don't think that any of this chaos that happened over the summer, what I understand he instigated it and he asked for the, the trade and all that stuff, but it was still very chaotic. I don't think any of that stuff is the stuff that helps you kind of calm down mentally and kind of figure all that stuff out and find some sort of peace mentally. Like, I don't think it's this idea that Ben Simmons is going to come out and increase his trade value. And this idea that like every other NBA front office is so dumb. That'd be like, if Ben Simmons has one good week of play, like, Oh yeah, Ben Simmons is totally fixed now. Yes. Like I just, I don't see, I don't see the logic behind any of that. No, there isn't one. I, I, you're it's absolutely right. It's not, it, even if he's, let's say he goes the exact opposite of what he's done throughout his whole career. He's like uber aggressive, looking for his shot. starts putting up, I mean, James Harden-esque, who we'll talk about later. And, and does that change anybody's perspective? Like if he has this incredible week? No, absolutely not. And, and so that doesn't change or deter from the fact that he's still a really good player. I mean, like everybody, 29 other teams know exactly who Ben Simmons is. Right. And he could probably still add something of value to those rosters. Yes, you have to change. You have to maneuver the roster ability a little bit. You know, you have to kind of bend to what he can do. But at the same time, like he's worth the risk. I, I don't, you know, th- this is completely on Maury refusing to make the trade and and just, I, I don't know, just cave in to clutch sports' demands yeah. there. Uh, however, rational or irrational that might be i don't i can't tell you i'm sure phoenix i'm sorry philadelphia fans are probably pretty pissed off at the whole situation they just want him off the team like that's none of this is good right like he's gonna be back there in philadelphia at some point they're gonna boo the hell out of him i can't motivate him either like this just they need a a clean break like that's just the reality here he just he's not comfortable playing in philadelphia with that team I'm okay with them not making the deal yet. I mean, there's a lot of people at fault. It's on Daryl Morey. It's on Doc Rivers for that post-game press conference after the Hawks <laughs> series. It's on Ben Simmons for not playing well. I mean, it's Absolutely. on it's on Absolutely. everybody, um, and it doesn't feel like anybody's handled this well. But I, I understand Daryl Morey not wanting to trade him and trying to make it work. Like, I get it. Uh, you're right. They are better with Ben Simmons right now, especially defensively, where if you lose Ben Simmons, I don't know who your perimeter defender is on that team, right? Like Danny Green is going to guard all of the elite wings in the league. Like, no way. So, um, yeah, but and so I understand Daryl Morey wanting to hold out for Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal or something better, um, because right now, like, I'm sorry, Malcolm Brogdon and some other parts just don't interest me all that much if I'm Philadelphia. I'd rather just see what happens with Ben Simmons, because I know that deals like that of that caliber will be out there no matter what. And and I've got a little bit of time here. Let's go now to Phoenix where the deadline for DeAndre Ayton and the Suns to agree to an extension passed without a deal. Ayton was seeking the max five-year, $172.5 million extension, an amount Suns owner Robert Sarver was not willing to offer. So, David, here's the question. Months after making the NBA Finals, are the Suns just screwing this up royally? I think there's certainly a level of risk involved. I, I just don't think they view Aiton as their franchise player and they don't want to throw that money at him. I know he can kind of just trace back everything that Sarver has done throughout his career as owner of this team and say, well, he's just been historically frugal. Absolutely true. But there's also some concern that whether or not Aiton is going to develop into the kind of player that they want him to be. And I think it's still perfectly rational for them to kind of have some of that some of those concerns, I think they're justified. I think he's he started to come into his own last year for the first time, really, and then he's shown more and more promise. 
this is the season where he can really define it. This is we've seen this so many times over the past few years, right? Betting on yourself. And I think Aiton now has the opportunity to prove that he can be the kind of player the Suns want him to be. And so I asked Locked On Suns host Brendan Clean about him, get his take about what's happening there in Phoenix. He told me that Aiton has been historically a player who has been very motivated by external, you know, external forces and things of that sort. If you challenge him and you doubt whether or not he's capable of becoming that kind of player, then he'll rise to the challenge. And this is that kind of slight that he needs in order for him to just go on a tear. So look for an increase, uh, an output from him and, and a motivated Aiton to start off the season and say, you made a mistake. You absolutely screwed this up. And if that's the case, then there's, in a way, this might actually be a genius move on their part, however, uh, unexpectedly and without intention. You know, they, they yeah. actually might have motivated Aiden into becoming a fantastic player to help their finals chances again. Yeah, maybe it's a genius move, but it's like even a even a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day, right? right. It's just like right. if if a front office and an ownership group is going to pull off a genius move, Robert Sarver's group and, and his decision's not the one I'm looking at first and foremost, but... <laughs> Um, look, here are the numbers. Uh, I understand that there's an outcry from fans. How do you not pay this guy? He was a centerpiece in an NBA finals run. He was so important in the playoffs. And he was, he's unlike other centers, like, you know, defensive player of the year kind of centers like Rudy Gobert, who just can't stay on the floor at the end of some of these games. DeAndre Ayton was able to, and I thought Rohan Nakarni for Sports Illustrated put it really well. Like, yeah, he's not a 20 point scorer. He's not running your offense. Like the way that a guy like Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid can, but he shouldn't be punished for playing his role, right? Like there's an understanding right. that Devin Booker is your all-star scorer. Chris Paul is getting you into your yeah. offense as your leader. And he has bought into that role. And that's what everybody was praising DeAndre Ayton for during that playoff and finals run. And now that he, it feels like he's almost being penalized for that. It's so rare that a number one pick does not get this max rookie extension. Right. I mean, it just really doesn't happen. Anthony Bennett, you know, yeah. is like the last guy. And certainly DeAndre Ayton is not, you know, a bust like Anthony uh, Bennett is. But then you look around his team. Chris Paul gets paid. Mikhail Bridges gets that extension, right? The $80 million extension. I mean, he's looking around that locker room. He's like, hey, what about me? Obviously, he's asking for the absolute max here. But it, I, So I understand the outrage. You look at teams like Denver who just, you know what? You just hold your nose and and you just pay your guys. Like that, Like I said, number one picks who are good, just even Andrew Wiggins got paid. You know what I mean? And just you just hold your nose and you pay these guys and you figure it out. That's typically what they do. But again, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world because he becomes a restricted free agent next year. And uh, the, the Suns will be able to match any offer that comes in for him. So they could, they're not losing DeAndre Ayton because of this, right? DeAndre Ayton is not becoming an unrestricted free agent because of this. He'll become a restricted free agent and the Suns will have the right to accept any offer. Ayton could, however, take a $16.4 million qualifying offer and then become an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So when you talk about risk, David, that's the risk is that um, he just says, you know what? I'm so fed up with this organization that I won't take any extension, even as a restricted free agent where I'm getting offer sheets from all over the NBA. I'm going to just pick up the QO here, the qualifying offer and just bet on myself two years in a row and then become an unrestricted free agent in 2023. But I just, I can't see I, to, from what I understand, it's not that bad right now in Phoenix. He just didn't pick up the extension. I'm sure it's disappointing. Right. He didn't get offered the max extension. I'm sure it's disappointing for him, but not so disappointing that he's, that, you know, he's looking two years down the road at becoming an unrestricted free agency, uh, no. uh, free agent. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I can't see a downside to it. Like at anything, it's certainly going to cause friction between him and the front office, but you know, that's your boss. You, who cares? You don't necessarily have to get along with your boss as much as you'd like to consider that the reality Good is, point. you know, they took that chance. 
and he's going to play well. He's not going to be upset with anybody in that locker room. He's not going to look at Mikhail Bridges and be like, hey, you're taking my money or anything like that. That's never going to be an issue. I think if, if Brendan is right and he does wind up playing motivated, then he's going to have a fantastic year. Again, betting on himself. It's going to turn out really, really well for the Suns. This was something that might actually give them an unexpected boost. Uh, another point is that also he he's met with Sarver. Like they, they, I think TMZ had a recent... Uh, he, he met with Sarver at like a local club or bar or something like that. And they were having drinks and just talking business and everything else like that. And, you know, maybe their relationship is much more amicable than what we think of it on the outside. You know, obviously he's upset. He refused to talk to media yesterday uh, when the news broke. And at the same time, it, you know, that doesn't change his approach on the court. He's still going to wind up being motivated. He's still going to wind up being great. And he's at that point where he's entering his peak. So he's probably going to be on that upwards trajectory anyway. I think this is going to be a, a pretty good thing for Phoenix overall. Aiton isn't the only player not to get an extension as James Harden is poised to become a free agent after the season. What this means for the Nets going forward. But first, David, tell them about Theragun. Well, look, you know, we're starting our coverage with the NBA season. That means a lot of long nights, a lot of work, <laughs> and that also means a lot of stress. But don't let that stress weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or an elite podcaster like us. Just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power that's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. It's been trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, so please do subscribe. Among some of the extensions signed before the deadline on Monday, Indiana and Malcolm Brogdon agreed to a two-year, $45 million extension. While in Memphis, Jaron Jackson Jr. has come to terms on a four-year, $105 million extension. So the Grizzlies lock in their young center. James Harden, meanwhile, told ESPN's Malika Andrews that he's looking forward to becoming a free agent for the first time in his career next summer, suggesting that he won't pick up his extension from Brooklyn. David, you and I were recording this before the midnight deadline for him to pick that up, but all indications look like he is not going to do that. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that Harden is looking to leave the Nets. He'll be eligible for a five-year, $270 million contract extension that would make him uh, the first NBA player to make $60 million in a season. He can sign that as an unrestricted free agent with the Nets Next summer, the Nets are the only team that can offer that five-year deal. Uh, should the Nets be concerned that Harden is in the final year of his contract and could walk potentially in free agency? Yes. Like, I, I think we've seen enough evidence over the last few years that money isn't always the greatest motivator. It's not necessarily the only thing that drives players to sign contracts because they make so much money elsewhere. And, and Harden still a player that can, you know, generate a lot of endorsements and advertising dollars and things of that sort. And given all that, he's got plenty of money elsewhere. He's made over a lot of money over the course of his career. And yes, we're talking about ridiculous sums of money more than either of us will likely ever see over the course of our lifetimes. But 
again, from a player's perspective, I, I assume this past offseason and even last year was so much inconsistency and wondering whether or not Kyrie was going to be available or KD was going to be available or James, if he was going to even be out on the floor, he might be looking elsewhere. I, I mean, I know right now nobody wants that hanging over this Brooklyn team that's seen as a very likely choice to advance to the NBA finals, at least outside of Milwaukee. And at the same time, though, I, you know, this is going to be a test for him to see whether or not he can thrive in the situation, to see how it all plays out with the Kyrie situation that keeps dogging this team and, and hanging over everything. So I would, I would generally consider it a threat for him to leave in free agency. I don't know what he wants. I just, as, as an outsider, I can't really tell what Harden is looking for other than a chance to win a title. But let's say, let's play the devil's advocate here. If he does win a ring with Brooklyn this year, would he be more open to looking to move elsewhere? I, I don't, I think so. To be honest with you, I think he could say, you know what mission accomplished. Now I can go and get money wherever I need to. And I can find a kind of peace of mind that I'm yeah. looking for as an NBA athlete. I don't know if I'm as concerned as you are, David, but um, I will say this, the Nets going into this season had hoped to sign Kevin Durant to an extension to sign James Harden to an extension and to sign Kyrie Irving to an extension. Oh, for three. Uh, huh? They're big three. Well, no, uh, Durant signed his extension. Okay. But Harden is, I mean, Kyrie Irving is just not with the team right now. And Harden is saying, <laughs> telling Malik Andrews, hey, I've never been a free agent before. I'd like to experience what that's like. Um, not ideal if you're Brooklyn and you put <laughs> all your dominoes in this basket, David, uh, to use <laughs> an old saying. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm maybe somewhat concerned with from the Nets. I do think that from all the reporting around James Harden and, and Brooklyn, look, it, it sounds like he's gets along really well with Steve Nash. He told sure. uh, the athletic recently, like that's his twin. You know, he obviously gets along really well with Kevin Durant. Um, and that bond is strong. He, from all, everything we understand gets along with Kyrie Irving has been supportive of Kyrie this entire time, even though those frustrations may boil over at some point if Kyrie can't return to the team, but um, it's not great for the nets, but I'm not, I'm not like ringing the sirens right now i still think because you're able to offer the five-year 270 million dollar contract you're able to make him the first 60 million dollar a year player in nba history no other team i think can do that uh based on some of the contract rules and cba stuff but uh and that brooklyn is a finals contender kevin durant did sign that extension and as long as you have durant you're a finals contender i don't care who else you put around him the way that durant played in the finals in last season and what his what his trajectory is um even at this stage in his career like if you have him, you're a finals team, and there's no other team in the league that can put two players as good as uh, KD and James Harden on the floor. Um, and if I'm Harden, I don't want to leave that, right? Um, yeah. And it's Brooklyn. It's a good place to live. So I'm not that concerned, but I'd be a lot less concerned uh, if he did just sign the extension. Um, the NBA season tips off tonight as all the drama impacted the finals favorites and why the Warriors should be taken seriously. But first, David, tell them about Bet Online. Well, actually, I did want to mention, even as we're recording this right now, the Phoenix Suns offering Landry Shamit an extension for four years and $43 million. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe even in the midst of this podcast, it might be time to change my perspective a little bit because it yeah. feels like they're doling out money to everybody but DeAndre Ayton. So maybe that might be. Well, I don't know if it's a, just a, a, a like a money like, hey, this is our cap sheet or this is the amount of money we're willing to spend. It's just this it, total this is the amount of money we're willing to spend on each player. And I guess they just don't think DeAndre Ayton, like they're doing the risk reward analysis. They don't want to pay him the max right now. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. then, then Grayson Allen, be... two year, $20 million extension. Interesting. All right. Just uh, for tripping people, $10 million a year. <laughs> I could do that. 
<laughs> they have got big expectations for him in Milwaukee. I don't necessarily see it, but we'll see. Uh, well, anyway, when it comes to betting, you know, the only place to go to is Bet Online because they're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on. And then sometimes you might need to get parts for your car and you're not sure exactly what to do. You go to your local auto parts place and, you know, you have to talk to the person behind the counter. You're not sure what to look for. They start asking you questions. You feel uncomfortable. Maybe you're not sure exactly what they might have available. And, and it looks like they only carry a certain type of part that maybe you don't want to pay for. Why would you go through all that when they're just going to look up parts that are in their warehouse that they happen to carry? You've got access to a computer at home or in your pocket, which means you've got access to rockauto.com, a family-owned business that's been around for over two decades. That's 20-plus years of serving auto parts customers such as yourself, whether just you're a do-it-yourselfer or a mechanic, but if you're looking for the parts that you need for your car or truck, the only place to go to is rockauto.com. Their website is so easy to navigate. Just a few easy clicks. You find exactly what you're looking for at the price that you're willing to pay it. That's rockauto.com. It's a great way to get everything that you might need for your car or truck. And if you go to rockauto.com right now, order the parts that you need for your car or truck, just write the phrase locked on when you get to the section that says, how did you hear about us? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. The NBA season tips off tonight with the Bucks and the Nets in Milwaukee. And then on the West Coast, the Warriors and the Lakers in Los Angeles. Four teams considered among the favorites this season. And according to Bet Online, the five to one favorite for the finals matchup is the Nets versus the Lakers. This is despite Kyrie Irving's drama and significant turnover for the Lakers. But David, should the Nets and Lakers still be the finals favorites? Five to one odds. Uh, you know, I, I can hear Bucks fans complaining very loudly, but I, I just I keep getting the sense that the Nets are going to figure it out. I'm not sure how it plays out. And I know that we want to read into almost everything or anything that doesn't happen, whether Kyrie's unvaccinated and, you know, what, how, read between the lines, whether or not Harden and KD are upset, whether not the rest of the roster is upset. But, I mean, the reality is they just they have too much talent there. And maybe that's not necessarily the end-all, be-all that leads to championship success, but it's a pretty good start. And I think, yes, when you're looking at the season as it's currently comprised, if everything stays the same, I, I have to believe – that the Nets and Lakers are probably your best bets at an NBA title. I don't know exactly how Milwaukee bounces back. You've got a number of players that played in the Olympics this year. Maybe that puts added wear and tear. Can you continue to get the same level of production that you got last season from Drew Holiday when he wound up being a game changer for that championship team? That's a question mark to me. You've traded away some players. You lost some players in free agency like P.J. Tucker. Or maybe he's not necessarily the impactful player that a lot of people assume he might be in Miami. But in Milwaukee, he certainly was a game changer, too. And while he wasn't exactly playable in the postseason, you know, for long stretches, I think he was still a factor, especially when you're guarding a player like Kevin Durant or have to guard a player like Kevin. I'm, I'm sorry, James Harden, too. So there are there are things there to consider. And I'm just 
right now, it, I would have to say that the easy money, the likeliest choices are Brooklyn and Los Angeles. Look, I'm okay with them being the favorites. What I don't understand is, according to these odds, that Milwaukee is not like the second best option. Like a Milwaukee Lakers matchup, right? So the only difference is the Eastern Conference team. Brooklyn Lakers, five to one. Milwaukee Lakers, 14 to one, right? Like according to Vegas, they think that Brooklyn Golden State is better odds. Brooklyn Phoenix is better odds. So we're three variations of Brooklyn making the finals that have better odds before the Bucks are even factored in here. Um, I don't know that it should be that big a gap, five to one to fourteen to one. Look, I think if Kyrie Irving were available and everything else is everybody else in Brooklyn is healthy, they should be the runaway favorites to win the entire thing, no doubt. Right. Now that Kyrie is not available, and now you're one injury away to Kevin Durant or James Harden from being, you know, pretty shaky, you know, one superstar and shaky, you know, older depth. Uh, I don't think Milwaukee should be considered that far away from Brooklyn. That said, um, I also don't know if I'm ready. I I understand the logic. Oh, the Nets were missing. You know, they were out there with one and a half stars and they came with a a Kevin Durant foot of making, of beating Milwaukee and making the finals. I'm not buying into just that repeatable process. Like it's not, it's just not that simple for me, right? Um, you know, every NBA season is different. Every team is different every year. Things change all the time. Um, I think that the Bucks should be uh, considered basically tied with the Nets as long as Kyrie Irving isn't available. The thing that the Nets do have is that added variable of, hey, maybe Kyrie can return. And if he does, forget it. I just, I think they're runaway favorites. Um, speaking about the Bucks, though, um, you mentioned uh, um, some of the turnover that they, they had, um, but I... I, I love their upside still. Like, I love the idea of Giannis being fully unleashed, fully unlocked, fully confident in his abilities, knowing like, hey, that's proof of concept that I can play this way and win a championship. And with that level of confidence, with Mike Budenholzer's, uh, you know, again, proof of concept, I can win coaching the way I coach. Um, with Drew Holiday there, with Chris Middleton there, hey, another proof of concept. We can win if Chris Middleton is your second best player as long as Giannis is your best player. I'm I'm here for like the feel good like tour uh uh for the Bucks and for Giannis like I would I would take them very seriously especially in the regular season I feel like they're going to be a juggernaut once again. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I, I just it's so hard to be a repeat champion. I just I, I find yeah. it very difficult to accept. Always there's always something, and we have no idea how the season's going to play out. Even earlier today, as we're listening to Adam Silver talking about this season and beyond, whether it's here in the NBA or internationally, I just, there's all still a pandemic that's still raging. And we, not, we have no idea how that's going to impact the course of the regular season. I think there's going to be some uh, factors that we can't foresee here. And given all that, I just have a hard time automatically penciling somebody in just because they're the repeat champions. Absolutely. Absolutely. They deserve that kind of consideration, a fantastic team, fantastic co- coaching staff that got the most out of that team. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised necessarily, but I just can't just say because they won it last year that they should be automatically considered to be a repeat champion this year either. Anybody you want to put in that top of the Eastern Conference conversation or is it Nets Bucks for you? It has to be Nets Bucks. I, I mean, I know a lot of people would expect me to say Miami has that good chance and I'd like Miami's chances if they stay healthy. I, it's weird. And I just talked about this in my most recent episode. I just can't wrap my mind around how people in Miami locally see that team as, yeah, they're they're quite clearly the number three team in the Eastern Conference. They're well-assembled, et cetera. And yet outside of that nationally, you see, oh, maybe they're a play-in tournament candidate. They're too old. They're too thin at, in their depth area, et cetera. 
I think if they're healthy, which is huge if for any team in the NBA, obviously, I think they're assemb- they've assembled a group that can be very, very good defensively and has a pretty good chance of slowing down both Brooklyn and Milwaukee because they've got an all-NBA defender and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but you also bring in Kyle Lowry, who changes everything with their point of attack defense now. You can do so many different things defensively. Uh, he can limit Drew Holiday from going off the way Goran Dragic couldn't do last year when Miami got swept. Uh, you can stay in front of Kyrie Irving, too. I, I think it changes that team. So they have a chance to get out of the East, not a particularly great one. And, yes, they, they don't have the same kind of level of talent on the surface that the other teams might have, but they're still a pretty good team. To me, I'm still kind of – I doubt Atlanta's ability to replicate what they did last year. They, they're dynamic. They certainly have a very deep roster, too. But I just I'm not sure exactly if they're going to get that kind of boost from Nate McMillan that they got last season, too. I've always been a believer in him as a coach, but I'm just not sure how it's going to translate over the course of a full regular season. Um, Philadelphia could still be there. Boston could still be there. I think the Eastern Conference is really deep going to the Western Conference. I mean, the team that we haven't talked about that is playing tonight is the Warriors. And BetOnline has their over under at 48, which when I saw that over under come out, you know, a few months ago, whatever it was. I was like, 48 seems like a lot for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in two years and is two years removed from winning 15 games. I know that everybody was injured except for Draymond, but that seems like a lot of games that you're giving to a team that hasn't been in the postseason since 2019. But based on the way that they've played in the preseason, they look really good. I think the additions of Bielitsa and Otto Porter have, like, they've been folded in really quickly and they've taken to Steve Kerr's system really quickly and really well. I think they're going to launch a ton of three-pointers I think they're going to make a ton of three-pointers. I think that's going to be the number one three-point shooting team in the league this year. Um, And that goes a long way, right? And Steph Curry, you know, 41 points in the final preseason game for Golden State. I think he's going to get right – he's going to start right where he left off, playing at an MVP level. Draymond Green is motivated and engaged. Like, Clay Thompson is coming back at some point in early 2022, it looks like. Um, I think – I don't know about the 48 wins. Again, it kind of, to me, depends on their injuries when Clay comes back and all that kind of stuff. It's a really big variable for them. But if they are healthy and Clay is 90% of what he was for these two injuries in, uh, in 20, starting in 2019, um, a big if, by the way, uh, unprecedented what he's dealt with from a health standpoint. But, um, you know, by the playoffs, I think we should be taking the Warriors really seriously. And they've got the makings of maybe uh, like a, 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 Western Conference Finals, maybe even an NBA Finals ceiling, depending on how yeah. things shake out in the Western Conference. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on the Warriors. No, I, I think they, they just have one of those. They're one of those high variance teams, right? Yeah. I mean, they could catch fire and everything could break right, especially with health and things of that sort. And if that's the case, that I, I they could also be in the playing tournament. Yeah, yeah, like they were last year. I yeah. mean, that's just this is the kind of team it's been for a long time now. I mean, when you don't, exa- you're not exactly sure what you're getting out of, uh, you know, some of the uh, supporting cast there around yeah. Steph. I think he's still going to have an MVP type year just because he is Steph Curry who plays at an MVP level and has been for, you know, five seasons now. Uh, I what, what else are you looking for out of tonight? Cause I mean, to me, I'm kind of curious. I know a lot of people accuse this podcast of being pro Lakers and everything else like that, but I, that, that Who situation in Los Angeles, I'm not sure what's, what? Yeah, I've, I've I, never been accused of being pro Lake. We talk no, about not the you a personally. Lot. I think locked on NBA in general because oh, okay. like yeah. we 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 put too much coverage on the LA teams okay. and don't talk about those poor little teams in Portland and elsewhere. You know, we don't shine any light on Memphis or San Antonio. I blame or anything Nick. Else like it's that. his fault. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> no, I, I think that, uh, look, what I'm looking for for the Lakers is how does Russell Westbrook fit in? I mean, that to me is the biggest question in the NBA of players who are actually playing outside Kyrie and Ben Simmons. But I've, I'm fascinated by how LeBron, Westbrook, AD play together. That's what I'm watching for tonight, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, Same here. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be interesting, right? I mean, even even today as we're recording this, they're adding Avery Bradley who was waived by the Golden State Warriors out Ooh. to the roster. Yeah. Avery I Bradley heard... revenge game tonight. <laughs> yeah. That's the headline it's, right there. Yeah. If he gets playing time for the Lakers, then things are worse in Los Angeles than even we thought. So, I <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't expect him to get that revenge right away. Maybe uh yeah, yeah, maybe just by virtue of being on the other team where Frank Vogel's still not saying what the starting lineup for the Lakers are going to be. I bet you I can name 3 of them. I bet you well, I can name got, 3 of the starters. He's got 20 players on that roster it seems like. It's just they keep adding yeah. somebody new every day. I was waiting for the Alfaruk Aminu Woj tweet. As soon as he was waived by the Spurs, I was like, oh, that's got Lakers written all over it. Future Laker, Alfaruk Aminu. Um, all right. You know, he's got to go back to Phil- Sorry, he's got to go back to Portland, right? I mean, he's got, he's got a good I don't know what he there. has to do. <laughs> That'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. We'll be back here next Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find me over at Locked on Warriors and David over at Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and it's available on all platforms. Don't, don't just use it for your fantasy basketball draft. You're going to listen to it all year long for waiver wire pickup strategy and more. But that'll do it for us today. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.